Hello, it's uh, 10 o'clock in Finland and this is Out of Line, episode 10. Today we'll be talking about Sweden again. Uh, last week we had an episode about the COVID uh, response in Sweden, which is uh, um, very poor. But uh, today we'll be speaking about uh, two different murders that uh, on rapes that happened this week. Basically, we could we could have a show every day about uh, Sweden's rapes and uh, murders. But today we have found some. Uh, or this week we found some very interesting uh, cases that uh, the multiculturalists they don't care about these. But um, we can uh, look at their uh, migrants and what they are doing. And in Sweden, I don't know if they are. Uh, migrants or um, so-called second-generation uh, guys, because I have the feeling that most of uh, Swedish Sweden's crimes are done by the second-generation guys. But uh, it doesn't really matter. These people should not uh, exist. And um, as a French guy once said, and uh, and it's huge the impact these people have on Sweden's crime rate because. Um, uh, uh, according to court records, uh, around uh, what was it, eighty-five percent of uh, Sweden's rapes uh, were committed by people of foreign origin, which basically means uh, people who were born abroad or people who have at least one parent who was born abroad. But it doesn't count in um, the third generation at all, and there are actually some of those too. Yeah, the because thir- the migra- Im- immigration started in the nineteen seventies already. Yeah, the third generation is counted as uh, native in Sweden and in Finland. And the funny thing about this is that the only countries that don't uh, make news about this are Sweden and Finland. So um, the whole of Europe knows about this. Uh, In the US you know about this. But Sweden and Finland, our media is so free that uh, they don't report on these cases or if they do they don't they don't tell their uh, readers that uh, by the way this guy is from Kurdistan this guy is from uh, Sudan so why is this uh, my theory is that uh, in central europe the media is more free because uh, they know the media knows that they can they can openly tell the news because uh, whatever reaction it creates in the public the votes will not uh, affect this outcome you have no way or you have ways but uh, not uh, peaceful ways to correct the problem whereas in uh, at least in uh, and Sweden probably the same but for some reason they they play dumb but uh, Finland is a country where we could change the situation but uh, the media is currently on hold and they say well, we cannot talk about these subjects these subjects they are taboo the media the journalists we all know that they are retarded they are they they are the worst people on this earth and uh, they are fake news and uh, all that yeah. and in like in Germany and France, if the media or in the UK if the me even if the media reports all of this uh, honestly, uh, it doesn't really have any repercussions uh, on the politics because uh, 
the situation is already so bad that no matter how people vote, it's not going to change from that. And it's not, uh, I, I'm not uh, saying basically that uh, voting in general as a rule would be useless, but given the choices we are being offered, it's useless that uh, if the most radical option you have is Marine Le Pen or uh, Herd Wilders, then you are not going to see large changes in this because these are politicians who, uh, of course, by comparison to the leftist politicians like Mer Merkel, of course, they are nationalists, but the policies they are uh, proposing aren't really radical enough to change the course of these countries that they say that, okay, maybe we take less immigrants, okay, maybe we close the borders from the third worlders, but that's not enough because they already have so many in that uh, even if they close the borders completely, if they don't start deporting people, uh, these people will breed them out. Uh, so, uh, right now, in those countries, the media is sort of fearless in reporting these things because they know that people will have it, it will not have any effect uh, on politics, even if people know what is going on. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. Uh, slug sent a diamond and he says, in glada slug betalar. Um, okay, that's in Swedish. By the way, the, the intro song was by the Gilstrands. Uh, Viska ha cool ikval, which I believe means we shall have a cool evening. It's a song from uh, 1976 uh, when Sweden was Sweden, but it's not anymore. We have a real Poseidon hosting this show. Uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Uh, real Poseidon had a 12 hour stream today on uh, D Live. Wow. <laughs> it was a. Uh, well, I, I didn't watch it all, but uh, yeah, it was cool. And Echo sent a diamond without a message. So you can send diamonds, you can send lemons, Ninja Guinness on DLive, and you can also use our uh, Streamlabs address, which is unesloka.live. Uh, they have less of a uh, percentage. DLive takes 25%, whereas Streamlabs uh, basically doesn't take anything. It's uh, like 4% maybe. We have also Entropy. All the links are below in the DLive uh, section. You can watch it, watch this show also on Periscope Live and on VK. And uh, those are great platforms also. DLive is also cool. And uh, <clears throat> about the, um, the the two topics we'll be discussing today is... Uh, the first one is a uh, murder, a beheading that happened in November so six months ago, but it's now uh, going to court in Sweden in, uh, I don't know, Uddevalla or some... Uh, we don't speak Swedish uh, around here, but uh, it's our neighboring country, which has become uh, a shithole, uh, as we said last, uh, last week, and I will never uh, stop saying that. And the other one is a rape uh, plus murder. It was a Sudanese guy... You might have seen uh, Skansa's uh, tweets about this, Skansa Forum's tweets. And uh, it's a Sudanese guy that was raping a Swedish girl and a, uh, a Swedish guy tried to intervene, but the Sudanese stabbed the Swedish guy. The Swedish guy died and the Sudanese kept on raping the girl. So um, now he's charged for both murder and rape and as you could see on our starting uh, image here which is a meme 
you have the Texas man not being charged for beating daughter's molester to death, and below you have the European way of. Uh, Western people run out of means so quickly that, uh, like the Rotherham grooming scandals, that you had decades of underage girls being abused in horrible ways. And these parents knew about it. The parents went to the police. They tried to uh, get the police to do something. But be because the police didn't do anything about it, the parents basically just let it go. They are okay. Well, we, are, we have tried everything we can. And that's how this situation was able to continue. So it's that in no other country would people behave like this. Like, can you imagine in Russia if something like this happened, that young, young girls were molested and then the police said that, okay, we are not going to do anything about it. The parents would go and murder these, uh, murder these abusers themselves. They would set it straight. But Westerners have become so docile that they are afraid to do anything, that they seriously believe that, okay, that uh, yeah, I, have a, I have filed the police report, so I have now done everything in my power. Yeah, but uh, in Russia or in Poland or in Hungary, it's easy to do that. But uh, in Sweden, I don't know where this family lived. Uh, the perpetrator, he lived probably in a ghetto. So how do you enter the ghetto first? If if you if you try to to take the guy and uh, well maybe maybe you can take him when he's uh, in the street and uh, put him in a trunk and uh, yeah, and that's uh, also the reason why these uh, guys never molest the other uh, like. Uh, black or brown girls, even from other cultures, even from cultures that they hate, like, uh, for example, Kurds and Somalis absolutely despise each other, but the Kurdish guys, they don't spend their time abusing Somali girls because they know that if they do so, the Somali men will come after them. But they know that if they molest Western girls, the Western people, they won't come after them. They will just file their police reports and after that they will be done with it. In the regular chat, there's so what uh, he's a German uh, viewer of us and of ours, and uh, he says if somebody hurts one of my nieces, the rapist would be dead. Yeah, but in Germany you also have these clans, these Lebanese or whatever clans. How if the if your niece is in their neighborhood, how do you get her back, and how do you? What do you do? It's 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 not so easy. I I really I'm not against this uh, this thought, but uh, it's just that uh, how, in practice, how does it work? Yeah, it's a, that actually would cause a problem that they, if the girl is somewhere in Rinkebu or some other uh, migrant area, what what do you, what happens when you try to go and get the girl? You will be jumped yourself, probably killed. Yeah, and if, so, and if you plan a proper operation. Uh, uh, against this, uh, the locals will call the police and say they are racists here. They will bring the whole army, and they will take you. So you, but if if it, I'm not and I'm not saying that you should uh, plan anything. But if you do so, you have to really have a a. a a waterproof plan. Yeah, and uh, this all goes back to parenting because these problems are easiest to prevent, not to handle when they are already occurring. That um, 
because uh, children in Western societies, they are subjected to this brainwashing at every turn, like ever since they are born. For in daycare centers, they have the multiculturalist propaganda and the LGBT propaganda. It continues in school. Uh, then the media, the news, the entertainment, everything is pushing this ideology at them. So if parents don't, uh, uh, aren't active in this, in countering this brainwashing, they will land into these problems. Their children will have uh, sucked up the brainwashing and they will act in accordance with it. And it's very difficult to handle the situation when you have a 17-year-old at your hands who is rebellious and who is uh, completely uh, influenced by this multiculturalist propaganda. It, it, becomes a very difficult situation. But if uh, the kid has been brought up into good values, she has a healthy relationship, a good relationship with both of her parents and a, a functional home, uh, she most likely won't even end up in this sort of situation or even in the risk of them because she will stay in better circles. But the problem is that uh, like in the Rotherham grooming scandals, the girls that uh, are most often subjected to this are the girls that are from like bad families, I would say, or poor families. So it's not the daughters of the elite who are being groomed. It's the daughters of the poor families who don't have the means to move out of the uh, migrant neighborhoods when the white flight is happening. So they end up being stuck there or the parents might even have like substance abuse problems. So nobody is really looking after these girls. So they are basically running wild at the age of 14 or 15 and nobody calls these girls if they don't come, if they don't come back home for the night. So and that's another problem that uh, this is sort of a class issue too that uh, because it's the uh, daughters of the like the poorer class poorer classes it's easy of easy for the elites to think that well it's th th these girls are a bad influence and these girls are like basically prostitutes and they were most likely drug addicts so they will think that these girls were like bad people because they come from lower lower classes yeah that's uh that's uh, how it works. Uh, there's proud Anne Frank denier. Anne Frank was a, a Dutch, uh, well, she li lived in the Netherlands. And uh, he says, we live in the Soviet Europe now. That's uh, true. White Rabbit Radio is hosting. Uh, thanks uh, for the host. I, uh, I like your content. Uh, so that's why I also host yours. Uh, he, so, but here's a tweet of mine where... I uh, I just wrote shopping cart theory confirmed because uh, previously this week there was this meme uh, going around with the shopping cart, uh, the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing and so on. And uh, today we had a news article from Finland saying that uh, Lidl started to lock their shopping carts because... Uh, because uh, the pe people there didn't uh, return them, as the shopping cart theory explains. And then I also put some uh, demographics information. Uh, so people living in that area, that is 
an area in uh, in near Helsinki. Uh, people under six, forty eight percent are foreigners, and uh, people from seven to fifteen they are forty three percent. 16 to 18 they are 40 percent and the others are also uh, of a high number so in these areas where every second uh, kid is a uh, foreigner how do these girls uh, cope because their schools are full of these and this is those stats are for finland so imagine sweden which is far worse uh, they all their schools are filled with these uh, foreigners. But this this uh, murder we are speaking about is... Um, the first article we got was from November, on November 22nd. And uh, <clears throat> here's a, uh, a friend of ours, PT Media, who uh, uh, he translate, translates uh, Swedish articles into Finnish because we don't... Sp- uh, at least I don't speak fin- uh, Swedish... But he translates them, translates them uh, to to Finnish, and these are very great articles. He's a very <clears throat> talented uh, translator, and he says uh, that uh, uh, we had again a murder in Sweden that will uh, stay in history for years. We are not sure how it uh, went, but uh, we can already see that uh, they are very painful things behind this so yeah, they say that um, uh, the 17 year old uh, Vilma Anderson who lives in Uttevalla uh, <clears throat> disappeared uh, some uh, around a week ago during the 14th of May uh, or no, November uh, and uh, uh, so this was last fall and uh, they say that uh, the girl's family was looking for her through social media until on the Sunday they filed a missing person report. And since then the missing people organization has been uh, doing ground searches uh, as a group around uh, Uttevalla. And that uh, they at least found a pair of shoes and uh, clothes that they recognized uh, belonged to Vilma. And that apparently somebody had tried to burn these uh, clothes and shoes, but uh, they didn't find the exact location where this burning has happened. And later on, they have at least found uh, Vilma's uh, glasses and some other personal items. And a few days later, police uh, arrested, um, in suspicion of murder, Vilma's Iraqi boyfriend, um, uh, who is uh, uh, man, man born in 1997, uh, 1997 and uh, his name is uh, Ahmed. What a surprise. Ahmed Tisko. Ahmed Tisko. And uh, <clears throat> in, uh, ex- in the Swedish newspaper, and all of them are very left-wing, uh, this uh, Iraqi man is being painted as the kindest possible man, uh, even even though he he might have been a tad jealous. Uh, but uh, they say that uh, <clears throat> uh, this guy was really nice and a kind man, of course. <laughs> so the uh, a sweet seventeen year old seventeen year old girl is gone. She is suspected to have been murdered. And the first thing, thing the Swedish media does is that they take this murder suspect because he's Iraqi and uh, say that he's the kindest guy ever. Okay. And 
<clears throat> then now we have more information about this case and um, uh, just today uh, came an interesting story also translated by PD um, Media here. Well this was first from uh, Wednesday. This was a intermediate uh, Yeah, thing. so a couple of days ago uh, uh, there was a story the, the story broke that uh, this Wilma Andersson's boyfriend uh, uh, Ahmed Tishko had, has now been officially prosecuted for the murder of Wilma Andersson and we don't uh, really know uh, yet the details about the case but uh, when this ca ca case goes to court we will of course know more uh, but some information has already come out and they say that uh, it's not uh, uh, public yet what has happened to uh, Vilma, but some body parts have been found. Her entire body has not been yet found, even though they have searched pretty much the entire town and uh, searched the lakes and everything. And uh, uh, in any case, the boyfriend has cut her up in several pieces. He had sawed off the girlfriend's head and um, kept it uh, in a suitcase uh, backed in tinfoil. And uh, in the suitcase he all also had this girl's underpants. And uh, in his apartment the police found blood trails uh, from the victim. And uh, there were witnesses who said that the couple had been fighting on the day of Wil Wilma's disappearance. And they say that this man was very uh, possessive and uh, jealous. And that uh, also both of his parents uh, have been uh, detained for this. So apparently the police at least had the suspicion that they might have something to do with how the girl's body was gotten rid of. Because this is really strange that they have searched the entire place, they have found blood trails, they found the clothes... Uh, shoes from somewhere in some forest, but uh, they haven't found the girl's body, only the head. So uh, it seems that they managed to burn the body in some location and hide it so well that the police have, haven't yet found it. Yeah, that's uh, that was from uh, Wednesday. So this, this murder happened in November, but now we are getting more information. And uh, here is an article from today say, claiming that this guy on the left uh, had said that that uh, that whore got what she deserved. And uh, so this guy on the left is a 23-year-old Ahmed Tishko from uh, Kurdistan in Iraq. And... Uh, in th this is a longer article where um, our friend explains he has read the the, the charges and uh, he explains what uh, what they know about this. Uh. So they say that um, <clears throat> Vilma's uh, father reported uh, her daughter mi missing on Sunday, the seventeenth of November, and Vilma was at the time seventeen years old, and at the time she was living uh, halfway at home and halfway. Uh, at, in the Tishko's apartment in Uttevalla. Uh, her father told the police that the relationship between his daughter and Tishko had been stormy. 
and at the moment of the missing person person's report nobody in the family had gotten any contact to Vilma uh, through phone or otherwise and the last sighting of her was from uh, November 14th when she had borrowed money from her father to go to the dentist but uh, she hadn't shown up to the dentist's appointment the next day and then when they didn't uh, they weren't able to contact her the parents had tried to ask uh, her friends if anybody had any sighting of Vilma and the police started the investigation by calling Vilma's boyfriend Ahmed Tishko and uh, he had told them that Vilma was now her, his ex-girlfriend because they had broken up on Thursday. And uh, Tishko had claimed that he had no idea where Vilma was. Yeah, so the police was informed that there's a missing girl. So the first thing they do is call the, call the enricher because they, they have experience and they know. Yeah, they is. know. It's, it's the same as the, in the Rotherham grooming scandal. That if you're looking for the girl, go to the abuser's apartment. There you will find her. And uh, uh, then uh, the uh, voluntary organization Missing People started looking for the girl in uh, the area of Uddevalla. And they didn't uh, find the body and they, as we said in the previous story, they found her shoes and it, and the clothing and, and uh, it seemed that something was burned. And uh, on Monday, uh, uh, the neighbor of Ahmed Tishko calls to the police that he had heard uh, loud arguing from Tishko's apartment last Thursday. So apparently this neighbor had heard of the murder suspicions and was somehow brave enough to report to the police because one major problem they have in Sweden is that even if they have shootings in broad daylight like gang warfare, people being shot to the streets, they don't find any witnesses because people are so afraid that nobody will talk to the police because they know that these criminals will come after them. So it's sort of rare, especially that the neighbor calls himself out of his own initiative to the police. Yeah, and the neighbor says that the the fighting sounds stopped abruptly and uh, that's why the police went to this uh, apartment and they found lots of blood there. And uh, now the Tisco is uh, being jailed and interrogated, but he denies every everything. One week later, they go with the police goes with uh, their dog and uh, with the dog they uh, well since it's been one week the, the apartment smells a lot and the dog finds a uh, a suitcase with uh, the head of this girl which is uh, packed in uh, foil and uh, duct tape and then they uh, start pressuring Tisco through long in interrogations, uh, but uh, Tisco doesn't really want to reply to the questions. He sits there silently, and the only thing he says is pretty much that if he can go to use the toilet or if he can have water. And at the moment, police is having a huge search for this girl, and. Uh, they are looking looking for her body in all places, like in garbage dumps, uh, garbage uh, containers, wells, uh, uh, underneath the roads, uh, like 
and uh, in pretty much all places where you could possibly uh, hide a body. And that the investigation has at this point led to the uh, conclusion that Vilma was murdered in the apartment. And the blood trails found in the apartment, the, the bloody hair and other body fluids that they found there uh, supports this idea. And that they also find, found a kitchen knife there with Vilma's DNA on it. And then through Vilma's friends they found out that Vilma uh, ended the relationship with Tisko. And she had told about this uh, thing um, to her friends on Wednesday that she is going to break the news to Tisko the next day. And it turns out that Tisko has been a, th- a true um, a d- a dream son-in-law. So Wilma, Wilma was uh, basically a slave to him. She wasn't out of the out of her own free will in this relationship. And Tishko had, for example, forced her to uh, stop going to school so that she could basically be a stay-at-home wife. And Tishko spoke about Wilma as her as his whore or his own slut. And Vilma's big sister says that this relationship was Vilma's first and that Vilma wasn't a mature adult who could have held her own in a relationship like this. And the sister says that Tishko had forced this girl to have some sort of strangulation sex and he had strangled her with a towel during sex. And he had also tried to force Vilma to include her friends into group sex acts. And Vilma had asked her sister whether something like this is normal. So, um... And I just have to wonder, like, okay, this was an underage girl. Her family knew that this was happening. Why didn't they do anything? Well, maybe they didn't know all the details and... uh... But what details do you need to know? Your girlfriend, your girl is hanging out at some grown Iraqi man's apartment. What do you need to know? Well, uh, Swedish people are multicultural, uh, but the same shit will happen in Finland, and it it is happening in Finland also. Uh, yeah, we um, have had a couple of those decapitation decapitation cases, like um, in Pori a couple of years ago. There was. Uh, uh, there is one parish with a vicar who is very, or priest who is very pro-migrant and she uh, helps these migrants get uh, asylums based on conversion to Christianity. So she gives them these uh, phony testimonies that yes, I testify that this migrant uh, Ahmed uh, Ahmed has uh, converted to Christianity and thus he is at great grave danger if he is deported back to Afghanistan or something like that. And in that parish, one of these uh, multiculturalist priests' pets, uh, who she had included in this parish, uh, was in a relationship uh, with a parish worker, a middle-aged woman. So apparently, maybe he had some sort of a marriage scam going on there because he was a younger male, uh, at, le- at least 20 years younger than the woman. So probably he was thinking that he would marry this woman and maybe get a marriage visa through her. But this parish worker he was dating had ended the relationship. 
And that's when thing, things went really bad and he killed her and uh, cut off her head and then he set the apartment on fire to hide the evidence, but of course he was caught. And there were some sort of uh, funny twists to the story too, like that uh, in Finland uh, uh, we regularly have uh, parish elections in which parish councils are chosen. And it's usually that the trusted members of the parish get the, get to, get to the council where they can make decisions about like the parish's finances and things like that. And this migrant, this Iraqi guy, he was a candidate in the parish election in the town. And because uh, the candidacy was already final, they weren't able to pull his candidacy, even though he had been imprisoned for murder. So the election went on and uh, and this guy was a candidate and he actually got a couple of votes and ended up being a vice councilman in the Pori parish. Yeah, I think uh, he since he converted to Christianity, he, he must be a... <laughs> A, uh, an expert on these. Uh, Echo9 <laughs> sent a diamond and asks in Finnish, uh, will this guy be deported? What do you think? Uh, of course not. Uh, nobody ever gets deported from uh, Scandinavia. That's Sweden. Nobody yeah, gets Sweden. De- deported from Finland either. So. And you would think that, for example, being a murderer is something that will get you deported. But in Sweden, it's the only country that I have heard of in which uh, being a murderer actually prevents you from being deported. Because there was one guy in uh, Sweden who had applied for asylum. He was Iraqi too. And then it turned out that he had committed homicide in his own country. And that the relatives of his victim were looking for him and wanted to exact some sort of vengeance on him. So the Swedish officials decided that they cannot depose him because it would be against his human Uh, rights because he might face repercussions for the murder that he had committed uh, there. Fucking minister from Iraq claimed asylum from Sweden. Yeah, and he, yeah. I think I don't think we have talked about that. That was also very funny. So there was this asylum seeker in Sweden who had come there years back, and he had even achieved was it citizenship? Yeah, I think. Yeah, he had citizenship, and he had this phony. No, he, phony he, was, he was the defense minister. Yeah. And, uh, and he had this phony address in Stockholm and he had been getting welfare money, like lifting, taking his welfare checks for years. And it turned out that this man who had posed as some, some Ahmed, uh, Ahmed uh, anonymous asylum seeker was actually the acting Iraqi de- defense minister. Uh-huh. So uh, while he was being the defense minister of Iraq, he also at the same time had another identity through which he got welfare money in Sweden. <laughs> so this is Nadja Al-Shamar and here's his picture. And he got uh, Sweden citizenship in 2015. And uh, Okay, but Sweden, as I've many times uh, said, Sweden is a... But, 
Yeah, like even but, Finland, but Finland is also a, 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 the same kind of shithole. Yeah, officials of immigration gotten the uh, Swedish citizenship I think there's a possibility to remove his citizenship because um, in Finland we also have a uh, law that says that if uh, if the citizenship was received on based on wrongful uh, identity it can be removed and I think Sweden has the same thing but Even if they remove his citizenship and even if they want to deport him, I think they cannot deport him because uh, he has uh, he has um, uh, tortured people in uh, in Iraq, and that's uh, that causes him to be uh, uh, to get the death penalty in Iraq. So Sweden will not deport him, and Finland would do the same thing because. For some reason, we do everything that happens in Sweden. We do it here in Finland, and uh, it's uh, it's. I don't I don't really care if Sweden uh, becomes an Islamic state that they are, but but uh, I'm uh, I hate it that it happens here also. And uh, about the, uh, the the girl in Sweden that we are talking about, uh, I could inject this uh, small uh, short article from R- Rotherham that was published in uh, April. And the article is, I was raped by Rotherham grooming gang. Now I still face racist abuse online. So here's a white girl that uh, now that she's testified against these grooming gangs in Rotherham, she faces racist abuse. But from whom? From the far left extremists. And uh, Twitter is not doing anything Um, a woman who says she was gang-raped and beaten over 100 times by a group of Pakistani men in Yorkshire has revealed how she still faces online racist abuse. And uh, her hatred comes from uh, far-left groups. She says she's been hounded with abuse by radical left extremist groups and although she has complained to Twitter... The social media giant is yet to take action. Uh, she gets a lot of abuse from far-left extremist and radical feminist academics. Uh, there's one group who go online and they try to resist anyone they consider to be a Nazi, racist, fascist or white supremacist. They don't care about anti-white racism because they appear to believe that it doesn't exist. They try to shut me down, shut me up and drive me off Twitter And uh, I was nearly killed five times. Uh, her abuse began over 20 years ago when she was a teenager. She was 15. Uh, no, she, uh, a Pakistani man who was 15 years her senior approached her on a street and uh, so on. And I was nearly killed about five times. And then eventually I was hospitalized with lots of injuries. And the police told my parents to move me away and change my name. And uh, they called me a white slut, I believe, uh, a slag, 
a white cunt, a white whore, a white bitch, and a fucking gory, which is their name for a white person, and, and so on. So this is, first you get raped, you become a slave, and if you break free, you you still get this uh, abuse. So it's the same, that's, that's in Rotherham in the UK, but the same thing happens uh, in every European country, Finland, Sweden, uh, France, the Netherlands, Belgium, you, not Poland, not Hungary, not Estonia, but those countries, they are not multicultural, so they are, they are not, uh, not so, uh, we, we don't count them, or people don't count them, because uh, it's, um, they don't count because they are not uh, multicultural countries. Um, and uh, we continue with the story. And uh, there, uh, there, were, there was more information about this relationship between Vilma and this Ahmed Tishko. And uh, apparently Tishko had forced uh, Vilma to marry him through the Islamic rituals. And uh, Tishko had also tried to get Vilma to convert to Islam and dress in accordance with the Islamic uh, rules. And uh, this clearly shows that Vilma was, uh, wasn't was a real love relationship for Tishko, uh, but um, it uh, more resembles like this uh, humiliation by a Muslim man who has gotten uh, uh, infidel slave as a whore for himself. And this Tishko man had um, uh, denied pretty much everything from Vilma uh, on the ba basis that things were haram. So v Vilma wasn't allowed to meet her friends and uh, she had to apologize to Tishko if she had met her sister. And her sister says that uh, during this relationship, Vilma turned quiet and um, submissive and uh, scared. And uh, it also came up that um, during the interrogation, this uh, Ahmed Tishko hadn't uh, talked. But uh, when he was imprisoned, he had uh, talked to the guards. And the guards had informed him that uh, they have a duty to tell the interrogators if they hear something that might influence the case. And uh, at that, that time, Tishko had said something about his relationship to Vilma. And when the guards didn't want to hear, uh, Tishko had said uh, that uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, pup of a whore got what was coming to her. No, the, the gods had had told this guy that uh, if they hear something, they have the obligation to tell the police. And they had said uh, so, and that when the gods had said that they don't want to hear. So why wouldn't they want to hear if they want if they can aid this investigation? Because these guards are retarded uh, Swedes, and uh, yeah. they could have said, "Okay, go on." Uh, go on keep keep talking and then write everything down and then but uh, Tishko just uh, said that uh, this uh, whore this well, not son of a bitch but a uh, do you say this daughter of a bitch uh, well, this this whore got what she deserved is uh, his message to the guards 
And uh, to this day, Wilma, Wilma's body hasn't been found. You, we can only guess what uh, what he used to uh, dispose of this body, because uh, the whole city has been uh, been searched. And uh, also, as previously we said, uh, his parents are also being they have been detained. So uh, we don't really know when this will be in court. I hope the case will be public. I, th I believe it will be public because uh, it was a murder. If it was a rape, uh, they could make it uh, a private session. But uh, since it's a murder, I think it will be public. It won't be live streamed, I think, because uh, Sweden and Finland and these countries are shitholes and uh, you are not never allowed to live stream um, these court hearings which would be very interesting the Breivik thing was a live stream but that was in Norway and also the guy was uh, far right uh, whatever so so of the, course they want maximum yeah. publicity for everything like that yeah because for the, once when they get the far right guy on trial of course, they will milk it for everything. Yeah, and uh, the, um, the the law, the, it's up to the judge. The judge can say, okay, you can you can have your camera. We have live streamed in Finland one case. Uh, it was an Islamophobic guy, a gay guy that was Islamophobic, and we had the permission to live stream it uh, on YouTube. It was back in the days when we had a YouTube account. Uh, but yeah, the, the, these cases, they are never... It, but beyond beyond this, uh, okay, why, why are we allowing these people to live in Sweden or in Finland or any uh, Western country? Why? The, uh, I hear that, yeah, but not all... That's that's what the leftists are telling me. Yeah, but not all are are doing this. But okay, so we have to take the risk. We know that they have a, according to statistics, they have a much higher rate of doing this. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if they do it. They are demographic exchange, even if they don't do anything. Uh, yeah, also that. And uh, but let's imagine imagine that we are talking to a leftist. And he says that yeah, but not all, uh, not all uh, Kurdish people are keeping seventy-year-olds' uh, uh, heads in their suitcase in their uh, state-paid apartment. So, uh, what's the reply? Not all are doing this. Okay, I don't know. I don't care. It's uh, if. Uh, we should they should go back as uh, many many people uh, say maybe the, we could the, there's a j fox uh, giving lots of subscriptions oh, to great. to our viewers uh, that's very nice and vultureman sent a diamond and say you too rock yeah thanks, thanks. <laughs> next uh, next tuesday we'll have uh, uh, once again a guest and uh, it will be mike enoch and if uh, well, Mike Enoch is uh, 
he's a very cool guy. He has been speaking in the Skansa forums in I think uh, I can't remember which was it was it Oslo, twenty seventeen or or something. Um, but he has uh, also a, a few different shows on, uh, but he's not on YouTube. He's on uh, his own platform, TRS, and uh, on others. And here's a sample of uh, Mike Enoch. Should I play it? Yeah. We're not immigrants. We conquered this country. Yeah. And it's our country that we conquered it. And now we're told, you know, it's, there's no white country. That, that white people, it's not even really a thing. Right? It's not even really a thing. Like, it's in your imagination. It's a social construct. But of course, you know, it's a social construct when we want to identify as white and stand up for ourselves. But when we do something bad, supposedly, we have privilege. We have privilege and we have to atone for it. So how can we have privilege and have to atone for it if we don't even exist? But that's all bullshit. That is leftist, cultural Marxist, deconstructive language that is used to take away your identity. And taking away your identity is just the beginning. They're going to take away, start with the statues, that's an attack on our identity, on our culture, on our heroes. And next, they're going to take away our physical body. I mean, in South Africa, there's a real, very real genocide of our brothers going on right now. Okay? A very real genocide. 70,000 farm murders in the last several years. Okay, that, that is 300 times the average rate for nations across the world. 70,000 white farmers have been murdered in South Africa in the last several years by savage black. I mean, let's be honest, let's not like mince words here. I'm not afraid of what they're gonna call me for saying the truth here. They are, savage blacks are murdering white farms in South Africa. And it's happening in our cities too. And we're not allowed to talk about it. The news media won't talk about it. Whenever it happens, these people get covered up for one white person does something wrong, it's across the headlines all over, all over the country, all over the world even. This is a deliberate attempt to mask the crimes of non-whites in our country and to amplify the supposed crimes of white people. And it's done on purpose. It's done on purpose as an attack on our people and our identity. Because they know that they want our country. They want our country. And they're gonna take away our identity in the name of multiculturalism, multiracial, multiracial, sorry, it's a mouthful. Multiracialism, diversity. But as we know, diversity, it's a code word for white genocide. Now, if you work at a corporation, or you work in a government office, and this uh, this institution institutes a, uh, a diversity policy, a diversity, a tolerance policy. What does that mean? If you're a white person in one of these institutions, you know what that means. It's your head is on the chopping block. It's targeting you. This is the language that the left loves to talk about. We're, tar we're out here targeting people, targeting people. We're the ones on the fucking target painted on our backs. We're the ones being targeted. Diversity is targeting you. And anybody here that's, anybody else here that's listening, if you're white, you work at a company, you work for a corporation, you work for the government, you know damn well what it means when they say, we're having a diversity policy. You know damn well what it means. It means you are next on the chopping block. That is what it means. And every single white person, whether they're on here with us, or whether they're standing around, or whether they're just watching on, on, online, or, or they're unaffiliated, they're a Democrat maybe, they still know that that's what it means. That is what it means. And the ultimate goal here, in my opinion, I mean, some people, we don't even know what the goal is. Why? It, it makes so little sense, it seems to have an inertia of its own. In my opinion, the ultimate goal is to turn the entire world into a deracinated, uh, you know, completely culturalist, 
racial, raceless people that are just capitalist consumers. You just buy and sell goods to each other on the market and everything's all good, but nobody has a home, nobody has a heritage. You know, of course, there's groups in, in uh, it's probably in the state of Texas, I'm sure that uh, a group like La Raza, isn't it interesting that we had a congressional sponsor for this event? And that person found, oh no, they're standing up for white people, I can't, uh, I can no longer sponsor this event. But let's say, uh, let's say a group such as La Raza, which literally means the race, okay? They, they know what's going on. They know who they are and they know. So, um... Yeah, yeah we, so Mike is uh, here on Tuesday and we will probably uh, start with him a bit later than we uh, usually start the show because uh, his own show uh, ends at around the time that we should be starting this. Uh, so uh, either we'll start with Younes between the two of us um, at the normal time and Mike will join us uh, an hour later or maybe we'll just uh, start the show an hour later. But I will let you know uh, later on on Twitter and of course, on this channel. So, <clears throat> and we the topic we will be talking about is one that has been sort of a hot topic uh, in the nationalist scene lately, which is the Israel versus Palestine situation and um, the Israeli diaspora. Uh, because um, a lot of arguing has been going on lately about um, uh, who is right and who is wrong in the Israel-Palestine situation. Some nationalists are siding with Palestine uh, some uh, want to stay out of it altogether. Some support Israel because they want all Jews to be packed in one location and not uh, around Europe. So we are t t going to talk with Mike about all these different views and uh, uh, and uh, the na different nationalist views on the JQ in general. Yeah, he um, he's a cool guy. Uh, it's on Tuesday around four. Eastern, 10 Central European time. So be sure to follow our channel on DLive and subscribe to our Telegram channel. And uh, you can also watch this on VK and Periscope. It will be a great episode. Okay, so that was uh, Mike Enoch's uh, advertising um that, that speech was from Texas in 2017, by the way. But, uh, so maybe we could go to the other story of tonight, uh, which was the Tommy Lind case. Yeah, this was, uh, well, Scanser Forum, the Twitter account, uh, you can follow them and they have written about this. Uh, but our friend uh, from Finland, PT Media, he has... Uh, also written about this on Wednesday and uh, it says that uh, a Sudanese guy named Abu Bakr Mohammed was uh, jailed for a murder happe that happened in Harnosand and in this case uh, we have a Sudanese guy born in 1997 and uh, he has been charged for uh, murder aggravated rape rape, uh, ass aggravated assault and uh, threats and uh, in they the, there was a party going on in that uh, small, I believe it's a small town and uh, this guy had already raped a woman and when he tried to rape 
this woman again, a Swedish guy, a 19-year-old Swedish guy named Tommy, Tommy Lindt. Uh, he tried to uh, intervene and uh, this Sudanese guy took a dagger or a knife and uh, hit Tommy many times and he died. And this Mohammed guy, he has been already arrested for sec before this uh, this case. He was arrested for sexual harassment, for drugs, and many other petty crimes. Uh, he is um, a Sudanese guy, but he probably has also Sweden citizenship and. Uh, that's uh, what's in this article. Uh, there's probably more on other outlets. I, I don't know. Fria Tider is one, but it's in Swedish. It's and Samnit. Okay, so should I take it uh, here? But yeah, if you can quickly find something. But um, I remember that on Samnit they also had a story about that. And uh, it's uh, really sad that... Uh, when for once you have a Swedish guy doing what they should do and uh, intervene when they see something like this happening instead of just walking away or maybe just calling the cops and leaving at that, uh, this guy gets killed. So it's very sad, but I think he he did the right thing, that he acted in the way everybody sh should act in that situation. And if Swedish people had acted like this to begin with, when uh, when faced with this sort of crime, I don't think the situation would have ever gotten this bad. Because, uh, for example, in Stockholm, they have these gangs of uh, so-called Ensankommande. Uh, uh, so that means uh, underage migrants who arrived alone. And usually they have no paperwork and there is no evidence that they are even actually underage. And because they claim to be underage, they all often manage to evade criminal uh, prosecution and any real responsibility for what they are doing. And they commit a lot of this petty crime on the streets. So they steal stuff, they harass people, they assault people, they... Uh, sexually harass girls on the streets, things like that. And uh, if you call the cops on them, the cops will pick them up and um, uh, then they will maybe file some sort of a report about it. But these guys will be back on the streets uh, on the same day because they are underage and the cops will not detain them. And uh, it's the same people causing problems all the time. And So this, this stubborn uh, he says no to violence against women and girls. And, uh, according and I can I can just see in my mind's eye like the, when these guys like put these uh, profile pic filters on that I say no to violence against women and girls. Then the local leftist uh, women are just drooling over this and showing. Oh my God! Look at this nice little migrant man. How can you be racist against this sort of people? So here is his uh, arrest papers. He's, uh, he, if he had Swedish citizenship, it wouldn't say Sudan there. So the, he doesn't have a, a Swedish citizenship. And he's been uh, jailed for uh, murder and uh, 
aggravated rape, rape and uh, aggravated threats and uh, aggravated assault also. And that happened on the 10th, so it was five days ago. But uh, and his name is what uh, they, for some reason they have censored his name here, but we know it's Mohammed Abu Bakr. And uh, he, here it says in this Norwegian outlet that he has been uh, previously uh, convicted for various uh, crimes, including sexual assault, um, theft, and uh, drugs. And, uh, in 2015, he was uh, convicted for sexual assault against a 15-year-old girl. And uh, I, I don't really understand what it says here, but I believe that he, he held a knife. Uh, so this uh, guy that died because he... Um, tried to save the Hernosan girl. It was Tommy Alint, who is a uh, uh, alternative for Sweden, um, a, uh, an activist for them or something. And we have a video here which I haven't watched, so let's uh, let's see what it's uh, like. It's 43 seconds. So was the was his death useful? Well, it was an heroic act, of course. But uh, he died, and this Sudanese guy will keep on keeping on. He he will never be deported. Uh, he will get a slap on the wrist for this uh, murder and rape. And uh, but I don't. S and that's exactly it. That. Um so. At that, uh, uh, even uh, even if there are a handful of Swedes who are actually willing to do something about these problems, uh, it uh, sort of feels that Sweden is too far gone, that the, the majority population is way too docile, and if this comes in their own neighborhood, they will simply try to move out of its way, find a maybe a wider neighborhood until there is no wider neighborhood le left. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, of course the politicians also know it, that they have run themselves into a very difficult situation, because even if you imagine the sort of uh, ideal situation that you had some very strongly nationalist party in control and they were able to start uh, some sort of mass deportations, it would lead to a whole lot of unrest because uh, it would uh, mean rioting in the big cities and because they have so many of the migrants and they will riot for less. Uh, 
Yeah, the, so they would basically have to put military in the streets to even be able to control that sort of situation. There was an Arctic, Arctic snow nibba that said uh, he's a simp. Okay, that's very funny. Uh, we'll we'll get to that later because there were many people talking about the previous thing as a coal burner and, and so on. And now this Tommy Linda tried to save the rape, raped girl. He's a simp, according to... I, I know it's sarcasm and it's uh, supposed to be funny. But maybe if we get serious uh, for a moment, uh, we can uh, talk about this more seriously. Because, okay, Sweden has lots of... Uh, these Sudanese and Somalis and all these uh, minorities that already have the citizenship or they were born in the country with the citizenship. And it's very difficult to even deport a guy that just entered the country for some reason. And the only reason why it's difficult is because of uh, the governing uh, people, the officials. If Sweden had the same officials as uh, Hungary does or Poland has. They could deport any... If I was in charge in Finland of deporting these people... Now in Finland they say we cannot deport people to Iraq because the Iraqis don't... They don't accept their citizens. Uh, I'm willing to take the, the, the post and work on this deal and I'm sure we can make a deal with the Iraqis so they will accept their uh, their citizens. If a, if an Iraqi commits a crime here, I'm sure I can get him deported just by talking with the Iraqis. We, we can even bribe, bribe them. Say, okay, we, if you don't start taking these people we will will not send you any more money. That's the basic uh, thing you can do. Finland sends money for some unknown reason. Finland sends money to Iraq. Yeah, and of course um, we should halt all uh, movement from Iraq to this country because if they cannot give us guarantees that they will t- we will be able to get rid of their citizens, then no citizen of Iraq, no businessman, no diplomat, no nobody should be able to come to Finland. If we cannot be certain that we can actually get rid of these people, yeah, our, and if I was like uh, the, the minister of interior and uh, in charge of deportations, I, I would deport them whether Iraq wanted them or not. I would drop them off airplanes yeah. on Iraq. <laughs> we, yeah, we have a uh, we have the coffee mug with the helicopter. Like, what are what are they going to do? Like, throw them back? Like, <laughs> we we could go very hard on them. It's easy. There's no uh, no risk. But the problem is that, first of all, our government currently, they are all women. Our foreign ministry, the guy that is running it, uh, he's a gay guy. No, he's, he's a homosexual that has... Uh, um, and also he's a pedophile. He uh, took a sixth... An underage guy. He went to Southern America, I don't know, Ecuador or something, and he he brought a uh, a Latino guy to Finland, and he's a gay guy. He's not uh, 
Finland is not a serious country. But if we could control at least some some areas, I don't want to, to be a prime minister or anything, but on some levels we could very easily deport people, we could close the borders, we could do whatever we want. The only reason that is not happening is that for some reason the the people voting they they are living in a uh, in a dream currently they think everything is like disneyland and uh, they vote for very retarded uh, women and uh, soy boys and that's how finland is working currently and we should my dream is to change this and to become like hungary when even hungary it's not uh, tough enough but uh, it's a we should go towards Hungary and not let these people in because look at this shit the grooming gangs in Rotherham the uh, Swedish uh, rape they have more rapes in Sweden than in South Africa almost they have murders they have this uh, insane Islamists uh, they have uh, this Kurdish uh, enslavers they, they are they are enslaving our girls that's you should have the death penalty there should be no trial it's okay you, you did this we know this you are dead now and your 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 whole family will be deported the next day and that's how it should work because if we had uh, tough measures immigration could work in some way. It, immigration could work. These uh, Pakistanis or whatever they they would start to behave if we if they knew that we have tough laws and. Uh, but as they know that our officials are cocks and uh, we have an anarcho tyranny uh, working such as that they can do whatever they want and if we even hold a sign that we don't like this, we will be arrested and fined and uh, we will get fired and, and so on. So if this stops and we we return our countries to normalcy, we could have some small amounts of minorities, whatever. We don't need them, but we could have them. And that's that's the only way it could work. But uh, this, this uh, fucking clown world it's irritating to see it. Uh, the leftists, the liberals, they don't care. I don't know how they explain this to themselves. They just ignore these things. Uh, they claim that, uh, yeah, this is a, just a... Uh, these things happens, happen also within the, the local population. No, they don't. Nobody does that. And if someone does that, we, we can also... Uh, in their lives also. And I have often asked the leftists uh, this one question that, okay, because uh, allowing these migrants in will definitely mean uh, new rapes, rapes that would ha- wouldn't happen if you wouldn't allow these people in. So if you make this policy, de- policy decision that you are taking these people in, you are causing some women to be violated who wouldn't be violated otherwise. So 
would you be okay with an arrangement that you would be the woman violated? That if you are for this policy, then you would be the one who gets raped? Or are you such a hypocrite that uh, you are willing to uh, risk other, or cause other women to be raped uh, as long as it's not you? And I have never, not once have I gotten a straight answer for this question. Not one leftist has been willing to give me an answer that yes, I would be willing to be raped for my cause or, or no, I'm, I, I just want other girls to get raped but not myself. Well, we have seen some people on Twitter saying that, uh, yeah, even if Biden raped me, it would be better than Trump. We don't know if they are serious. No, it was even if Biden raped my daughter, oh. he would be better than Trump. So even in that circumstance, it's someone else getting raped. Ah, okay. But uh, yeah, one <laughs> other response from the Finnish feminists has been that, uh, yeah, but these girls, they, they asked for it. They, they are sluts, they are 14-year-old sluts that um, work for the far right and they get raped voluntarily so the far right can uh, rant on these uh, things. I don't really agree with uh, the feminists on, on, on this <laughs> topic, but of course there are some, some women that uh, get raped for their... Uh, bizarre ways for example on the yeah like a, on the a, boats, a couple uh, of days ago there was this news story uh, about rape that had happened on a cruise ship between Helsinki and Tallinn and uh, because these cruise ships uh, that uh, it takes a couple of hours for the ship to uh, get from Helsinki to Tallinn to Estonia uh, they run all day and they are very popular and on one of these cruise ships, uh, a woman had uh, gotten raped uh, or was a victim of attempted rape in some staircase. And uh, the story went so that uh, she had met this foreign man uh, who was a stranger to her uh, to begin with. And uh, this man had started to like uh, sexually harass her. So she had gotten rid of him and uh, continued with her evening. And then later on she had run into the same guy again and she explained that she, she, uh, the guy had asked uh, her to come to his cabin with him. And, and she went there. Yeah, and she went there and she explained in court that she wanted to give him another chance, like another chance to do what, another chance to sexually harass her. Yeah, so and of course the guy got like all touchy-feely. The moment they got to the cabin, he tried to undress the woman. He started masturbating in front of her. He, when the woman escaped from the cabin, he chased her he, in the staircase. He went. And, tried to, and he tried to rape her there in the public staircase, which is for all people to use. And He went Louis C.K. on her. Yeah, and then the uh, Estonian security guards got there. And the woman explained that she had... Uh, uh, almost gotten raped and uh, these Estonian security, security guards didn't really take her seriously because that's the Estonian attitude that they look at the situation that okay you have been in the cabin with this guy you have burnt a coal and, uh... <laughs> yeah that okay what 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 were you really expecting when you went to the cabin with this guy so Estonians have this very based attitude that they 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 don't really appreciate women who behave like that yeah Estonians and, they don't uh... 
race mixing. Uh, don't don't do it in Estonia. And you really have to like wonder a grown woman like why did she go to that cabin? What did she expect the guy to do there? That they were like <laughs> maybe going to play board games or something yeah, like yeah. that. We had a chess match. No, but okay. In these cases, there are some cases where the woman is uh, is retarded and uh, well, she doesn't deserve it. But uh, it's not. Uh, but the feminists they generalize and they claim that all these assault rapes, these gang rapes, these uh, violent things, this Udebala thing that happened, which is uh, caused by the fact that. This girl has been brainwashed, her parents have been brainwashed. Her whole neighborhood is full of immigrants and she really has no choice. And uh, she was lured probably by this uh, Iraqi, Kurdish, whatever uh, dude. And uh, it's not her fault. But when we talk about this boat, uh, this ferry rapes uh, and women explain, yeah, but... uh, First he was kissing me, but then I invited him to my uh, cabin. Okay, so you are retarded. You're fucking uh, uh, but, uh, disgrace to to the white race and and uh, but go these, away. when we talk about these uh, underage girls, like the seventeen-year-old Vilma, it's a completely different situation because uh, when you talk talk about a woman of my age, uh, that that sort of woman should have the. Uh, uh, both the like the emotional and intellectual skills and the maturity and strength to uh, understand what's what and make uh, good uh, rational decisions but when we talk about teenage girls it's a completely different situation because uh, uh, as i said earlier they have been subjected to this multiculturalist propaganda uh, from every possible outlet like school news media entertainment everywhere it has been pushed on them so it would be an absolute miracle if at age 17 uh, when someone is still immature who hasn't intellectually developed at all whose world world view hasn't developed at all it would be a miracle for someone like that to be completely based and red-pilled and uninfluenced by all of that brainwashing they have been subjected to ever since they they were born so uh, the kids they sim- simply don't have the skills needed to fight that brainwash that's why there are so many people in the nationalist scene or pretty much everyone almost everyone in the nationalist scene has been more liberal in their youth and has become more red-pilled with age because it take it takes maturity to get those skills to start fighting the brainwashing first of all you need to be smart enough you need to have life experience enough uh, to understand that the brainwashing is wrong And then you need to have the emotional maturity and strength to go against it and risk the social repercussions on yourself that come with uh, going against the uh, politically correct narrative. So it's completely understandable that the teenager isn't at that point yet. But if they got like maybe 10-15 years to mature, mature, maybe they would get there. But um, unfortunately, not everybody gets the chance. Like... uh, for, for, 
for some kids that chance is taken away and it's not their fault. It's the fault of the, those who brainwashed them to act this way. It's the fault of, of those people who kept telling Vilma that uh, she sh- shouldn't be racist and that it's cool to have like a, a black boyfriend or a brown boyfriend, that it's cooler than to date a white Swedish guy. And uh, all the people who told her that white men, uh, Swedish guys are somehow subpar and it's the uh, foreign guys who are cool and interesting and masculine. It's all of those people who got her killed. It's not the teenage girl who is re- responsible for this. Yeah, and this happened in Uddevalla. And maybe in her school there are not enough uh, white or Swedish uh, guys. So here's the map. You have Estonia here and Finland here. And this is Uddevalla. <clears throat> so let's look at uh, let's look at it closer. Uh, there's a Göteborg, a Gothenburg. It's a uh, it's an immigrant city. You have Trollhattan, uh, it's an immigrant city, yeah. and you have Uddevalla, which is here. So I guess that, I, I, I don't know, but I guess that in her school there are, there's 80% migrants and uh, 20% Swedish guys, and the Swedish guys, uh, they probably they play uh, GTA 5, and uh, they, they have their... Uh, um, different things whereas these these migrants they are uh, doing their thing and they have uh, they have complete freedom to do whatever they want and it's also that uh, when society becomes unstable and unsafe the kids will have to adapt to it and that's also why for example in the uk when it comes to the gang violence you don't only see uh, black and brown gang members these days you all also see white UK kids, English kids who form these gangs and act equally violently because that's their only way to survive on those streets because their their environment is so violent that if they acted in the way a typical Englishman would act, they wouldn't survive there. They would be beaten up every day and it would be a nightmare. So the only way to survive in the, those circumstances is to act like the, in the similar way as the most aggressive people. And it's the same thing for girls, that uh, if you are in a situation where the white girls get uh, harassed all the time, even raped, and uh, if the white uh, Swedish guys try to stick up for them, they get beaten up, so they are useless. You cannot rely on the white Swedish guys for protection because they don't form these gangs. You will have only that one Swedish guy on your side. But what's he, he going to do when 10 Somalis come at you? He's going to get beaten up and you're going to get raped. So the only way for the girl to get protection from the random harassment in that situation is to uh, find a boyfriend from within those gangs because then at least you are protected from the other guys. You only have to sleep with that one guy uh, but you are safe from the other ones because they know that you're that one's girlfriend so you won't be subjected to the random harassment anymore. So it's also a survival strategy that when grown-ups have failed these kids and made their environment so unsafe and unstable that they have to act in the worst possible ways to even survive that's what you get and so these progressives with their multiracial ideology they are reverting 
they're actually reverting our societies to uh, a thing that uh, only the the strongest survive. And you can read this uh, Amran article by Jane Moss. After 20 years working in multiracial public schools, a white teacher tells all and... Uh, here it says that uh, the victimization of whites by blacks is especially bad in middle schools because black children reach puberty earlier than their white peers and are therefore much larger. Prepubescent white children generally adopt one of or more of these three survival strategies. So these are the three strategies that uh, whites in minority schools uh, uh, adopt remain small invisible and compliant try not to speak or be seen uh, adopt ebonics and behave in a desperate and exaggerated ghetto style to try and fit in or deny your whiteness so these are go to amaran.com and read uh, the whole article it's very informative it, nothing new but it's it's well written and uh, it's a but when Tina wrote this tweet on a Wednesday, she got two and a half thousand uh, retweets and five thousand likes. But there were lots of uh, reactions uh, saying that uh, yeah, burn the coal, pay the toll, and uh, what the hell was she doing dating him? Uh, and. Uh, religion of peace and so on don't trust the Kurds uh, that's uh, that's right and uh, burn the coal pay the toll and uh, there was one tweet saying uh, hashtag coal facts yeah what she ex replied to Tina with a single tweet Tweeting hashtag call facts. Uh, Swedish girls are mad. One said, "What a king." Okay, he's he doesn't take shit from his uh, women. And, uh, but yeah, the point being that uh, these reactions maybe we get the uh, the. Uh, sarcasm and uh, the dark humor and whatever but maybe we could go to another level maybe this sarcasm and this irony and uh, this maybe this is over maybe, maybe we could of course if we if we speak the truth on twitter we get banned but uh, we can get we can invent ways of expressing ourselves in a better way than just saying that yeah, burn the coal and uh, she was an innocent girl uh, born in a uh, hostile environment she was one of our own and uh, she she di she didn't deserve this uh, I, I don't nobody knows her personally but uh, this is what happens in Sweden and uh, Sweden used to be a very nice country in the 70s, the 60s, but now, man, it's a, it's a fucking shithole. Uh, 
there's a star pilot uh, that sent a diamond and he says do NGOs have much power in European courts? Yeah, I believe that they have a lots of uh, um, they they get their experts in the hearings and they introduce their ways of thinking and uh, I don't know maybe the most known cases uh, is the one where uh, Matteo Salvini, the Italian uh, inner ministry, he blocked some uh, illegals' boats when he was in charge and uh, there was a, a German whore being a captain or she thought she was the captain of the boat uh, and she has uh, taken him to court and uh, he's charged for kidnapping because he didn't let the, the 100 African migrants uh, get into Italy so now he's charged for uh, kidnapping and I believe that that case will happen in uh, June in Italy it would happen earlier, but there are the COVID uh, restrictions, so that it's not going uh, to court now. But it's 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 happening soon. There's proud Anne Frank denier uh, sent a diamond without a message. Thanks yeah, for that. Thanks. And there's uh, there are people sending um, subscriptions. You can subscribe to our channel. It's the subscribe and be sure to follow our channel uh, there was one message on uh, or two on uh, our streamlabs platform uh, you can send you can donate on uh, streamlabs via uneslocker.live it's uh, this address here and there's a knattert on that uh, asks what should nationalists think about white flight first you may think it is a reasonable uh, thing to move to more white neighborhoods. But what if that also becomes bad and you escape again? Nationalists should pursue re-whitening those neighborhoods. Well, white flight, it's, uh, it's a thing that's been happening for decades. The government sends... Foreigners to your neighborhood, and uh, either you stay there or you leave. Yeah, uh, and I think it's uh, just because, um, uh, of course, uh, it would be better for society uh, if people didn't give up these neighborhoods. But uh, that's not how people think. Like when you think about individual people, when they are making the, the decision whether they will move out of a neighborhood which has ter turned violent and uh, unsafe. They are not going to think like, okay, what is good for Finland uh, in the long run, uh, uh, like in the scale of 100 years? No, they are not going to think about that. They are going to think, okay, where can I find a safe school for my children? Where can I find a neighborhood where my wife can jog uh, without uh, being afraid? Where can I find a neighborhood where my car's tires won't get stolen? So the people think in short term and they think in small scale. They think in the scale of their own lives. So when you add a lot of that, 
lot of those decisions together, those decisions in which people only think in small scale and they only think about the short-term consequences on their own life, they are, this is what's going to happen because nobody is willing to be the one who takes the hit, like nobody is willing to be uh, the person who stays there uh, and uh, starts starts to reclaim the neighborhood because it's so much more comfortable and easier to simply move out. Yeah, there was uh, Enoch Powell in 1968 on April 20th. He held a speech in which he said that a woman had sent him a letter uh, that, and the woman claimed that she was the only British person living on that street and uh, the grinning Picaninis were breaking her windows and uh, pushing shit through her mailbox and uh, well everybody knows that that's uh, that's what is happening but uh, now Recently, Channel 4 or The Independent or some other retarded media had fact-checked this and they actually found a woman woman who had sent this letter in 1968 mm. and they said, yeah, it's true. So now, now we know that it's true. <laughs> it's uh, in unbelievable uh, shit. Because uh, they always think that, yeah, the People are, of course, they, they, they are fake stories. They are fake stories, but uh, but most most are not fake. And uh, even actually, even the fake stories they they are somehow true because uh, it is what is happening. They might be fake because there's one technicality in the, the story happening. There's a Parempi Mieli sending a diamond and he says, I'm out of lemons, I have only diamonds. Okay, thanks for that. There was another uh, message on Streamlabs and uh, Knaterton asks, are Russians in Estonia as negative against immigration than Estonians in Estonia? Do they have differences in that? I don't know. I, I know that uh, the Russians in Estonia, they vote for a certain party. I can't remember. Was it um, the party is called Kesk Erakond and it's uh, it's the center party. And they vote for that. They don't vote for the nationalist party. So I think they uh, they don't care. The, the Russians in Estonia, they they are just hanging there. They they don't they don't really contribute to society. They are just uh, just uh, taking the benefits and uh, they uh, they were moved there by uh, the Soviet Union and uh, it was uh, it's a thing that they have to live with. And I, I don't know if uh, many of our viewers have to have been to Tallinn, but uh, in Tallinn, the, the Russians, they are, they're nuisance. 
So if no. you have a like a last questions or something you want to send us, maybe now is the time to send them. Uh, but maybe we could end uh, about uh, talking about uh, Sweden's future because this is something you see people say a lot that uh, Sweden is lost and Sweden is doomed. And uh, I I'm generally very much against uh, that sort of black pill discussion because I don't I simply don't think it's constructive to. Uh, choose uh, your own defeat before it has even finally happened. But I have to say that in all honesty, situation doesn't really look good in Sweden because I don't really see a practical route for a change to happen. Because uh, some time ago, maybe the Sweden Democrats were uh, sort of... Uh, force for change that if they had uh, gotten in power maybe like 20 years ago uh, they might have done something about the issues but these days they have been uh, so uh, cucked and uh, turned into this ridiculous liberal Sivnat uh, party that uh, even if they got like 51% of the votes and got to form the government on their own there wouldn't really be that sort of change that is needed to save Sweden anymore because they aren't even talking about like deportations anymore. The, uh, Sweden Democrats are talking about integration. So in, instead of saying that, okay, we need to get rid of these people, they are saying that, well, maybe these people should uh, learn how to speak Swedish. And uh, I think it was pretty depictive when one Sweden Democrat politician said that uh, these immigrants should learn to speak Swedish and then later on apologized for that statement when some leftists thought it was racist. So that's how lame the Sweden Democrat Party has become. So it used to be a possible force for change, but now it has become a, a sort of a block for change because unfortunately all of those votes of uh, discontent people who want change are now given to Sweden Democrats because they are like from the big parties they are the least bad alternative but with them the votes are completely wasted and there are other options like uh, alter uh, alternative for Sverige like alternative for Sweden that if they got uh, bigger if they got that 51% they would actually do something about it Th their policies would be enough to change the course of the country but because Sweden Democrats exist and they are the biggest party with some sort of immigration critical policy they keep sucking up all of those votes uh, of people who want change and they end up blocking any change from happening so uh, it's a sort of a sad situation in Sweden that uh, uh, they are in this sort of situation that I think the only realistic chance for change would through politics would be uh, if some party like uh, AFS would uh, grow big enough to... And even then it would be very difficult because... Uh, they would basically have to get that 51% in the election and it gets more difficult all the time because you have a lot of Swedes who are very staunch liberals, they would never vote for anyone immigration critical because you need to also understand that liberalism in Sweden it's not the same thing as liberalism like in UK or in Finland or in the United States, it's not something that is up for debate. 
<laughs> because the rest of us, we live in societies where you can talk about immigration. You can at least propose that, hey, maybe we shouldn't take any asylum seekers and you're not going to get crucified for it. And it's completely normal to have a anti-immigration speech in politics. But in Sweden, it's not up for debate. It, it has been so accepted, this liberal agenda, that there is no real political discussion around this anymore. You are not allowed to have that discussion. So it's a very difficult environment for any nationalist movement to grow because the Swedes have been so conditioned into the liberalism that it's, it's like a religion for them. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know how it's going to work, but uh, we have on on the chat, there's uh, Uncle A saying that, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, I'm Swedish, I have not given up. And uh, then he says, uh, if my country is gone should i go on a shooting spree no it's no it's, i don't think you should because uh, you would just end up ruining your own life and you would end up removing yourself from the equation so it's better that you are there in the society uh, as an active force for change than uh, that if, if you would he, be in prison or shot by the police he also asked how about america without america sweden would still be sweden I thought and it was the Swedish voters that uh, decided. Uh, but uh, one thing I do think is sort of funny is how Americans have this sort of high horse when it comes to Sweden that they read these news about Sweden and laugh that, oh my God, Swedes are completely crazy. While actually the demographic situation is so much worse in America that uh, they are going to become, white Americans are going to become a minority in what, 10, 20 years. And in Sweden, it's going to stay at least like 50, 60 years for it to happen. As, and Americans started their immigration madness earlier than Swedes. Like, and that's why Swedes are sort of lagging behind them. But uh, uh, I don't think Americans are really in the position to really mock Swedes because their situation is so much worse and actually nobody in the western world really is in that situation maybe like somebody from Hungary maybe somebody from Estonia where, where they have same countries but definitely no American definitely no Canadian Finnish person French person German person is in the position that they would really be sincerely uh, able to mock Sweden without any sting of guilt on their own side, because this is a very common failure that yeah. Sweden is just being basically picked on because because uh, they have this mad attitude about their own self-destruction that they are taking with it with such a joy yeah. that it's uh, difficult to watch. Every time I see a Finnish guy uh, saying that Sweden, uh, blah, blah, I say, we have the same shit here. Uh, there was uh, Echo 9, uh, he sent a diamond and he says, remember chest, uh, thanks, I'll open the chest now. Be ready, we'll open the chest. And Kratterton is asking, where is Kitty? 
kiss is uh, for now in E, of course, uh, she's uh, under a sort of shared custody, so she is here around half of the time and half of the time uh, with her daddy in E, so uh, she will be back later in the summer. There's a rohkeasti asioille, who says Swedes are naive. Finns are also the same retarded shit. Uh, the same shit is happening here as in Sweden. So there's no difference. So all this, uh, yeah, Sweden, uh, we have the same shit. We have maybe even worse. It's going faster than Sweden. Okay, the chest was opened. Uh, Gave 641 lemons. Okay. And so congrats. Okay, and so today we had uh, th- top three J Fox, uh, Burden 78, and Echo 9. That, uh, yeah, the... thanks, thanks to you and to everybody else in the chat. Yeah, and uh, in uh, 40 minutes starts uh, Flashback Friday. Um, it's Red Ices. Friday show, I think, will uh, will uh, be hosting them on this channel. Be sure to also follow Red Ice TV on D Live, but uh, we'll be hosting them here. And um, remember that on Tuesday we will be here with uh, Mike Enoch, and uh, we might start a bit later than usual, but most at most an hour later than usual. But I will. Uh, let you know about the schedule on Twitter, so follow me there. And, um, uh, and also our Telegram channel, you can get the uh, announcement beforehand if it's uh, 3 or 4 Eastern on a Tuesday. Tuesday we have Mike Enoch. Many people have asked that also on the Yeah, that's about it for tonight. I thought we could end this stream with a song that uh, Real Poseidon also uses. And this is Robert Parker, 85 again. Okay. So uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for everybody um, that uh, donated on uh, Streamlabs or DLive. And uh, uh, see you on uh, Tuesday. Bye.